You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. So, Coach Charles was just talking to me, he was just telling you all when I got here, and I transferred in from a junior college to play basketball. I played at a JUCO, and I transferred in. Now, I know we all have different classes in here and all our class names. I didn't know what my class name, and I'm pretty sure when they saw my name pop up, they was just like, I don't know what this kid is, so we're going to put him in the I don't know class. So I was in the pack, and I was in this class. They didn't know what I was in. I don't even know what class I was in at all. And as I was, as I was preparing this message, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, God, what do you want me to share with Asbury? What is it that I can say to Asbury that you want them to hear? And Constantly, he kept saying, I want you to share your story. And for the longest time, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I can definitely tell my story. I can definitely tell like where I grew up at. I can definitely tell all these trials and tribulations that I went through. I can, I can do all these different things. But God was like, no, that's not what I want you to tell. I want you to tell from the time you left Asbury up until now. And I didn't know why, but now I do. Now I do. So today we're going to be coming from Philippians 3. So Philippians 3 and the verses is uh, 12 through 14. So if you have your Bibles or whatever, you can open up to that. So it says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus First possesses me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Now, when I first started at my job at Centenary, if y'all don't know where Centenary is, it's in Lexington. I've been there for a little over a year now. When I first started there, I had an associate and she's still there and I was talking to her and she's like really into fitness. Like, I mean, she is all about it. She runs her own cycle class. I mean, she is like all like she's legit, like the female Terminator or some junk like that. Like, like it's it's crazy. And I was talking to her and she was just like, Jimmy, I see that you play basketball. I seen that you play lacrosse for Asbury. I seen that you did all these things. I seen that you work out a lot. You got to come work out with me now athletes that's in the building, anybody that's in this building right now, listen, the college body that you have now after college, start praying now uh, because all the double cheeseburgers and noodles that we eat at night will stick. But so I was talking to her and I'm just like, yeah, I got you. I promise I'm going to work out with you. I'm going to do everything I can. Like I'm going to go to your cycle class. I'm going to go to your kick dancing class. I'm going to do it all. Like, I'm going to do everything that you want. I'm going to start eating the fruit bowls that you eat with all the granola and yogurt and all that. I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to be consistent in what, you, in what you're talking about. The only consistent thing that was going on was that every Monday I kept telling her the same thing. I kept telling her that I was going to work out. I kept telling her that I was going to do all these different things, but I never did it. I never did it at all. But I do know for a fact that I was taking that one step forward. I was taking that one step forward to realize, I'm like, okay, if I really want to work out, I need to take one step forward. 
And I was telling Coach Shouts, I was telling my best friend Cam, I'm like, bro, I'm about to get back into basketball shape. I'm going to work out nonstop. And I noticed that I was taking that one step forward. It, it was the one step to the kitchen to get a little Debbie cake. But <laughs> I definitely made that one step forward. But what does it look like to take one step forward? What does it look like to take a step out on faith, to understand what it looks like to know, hey, God, I fully trust you. God, whatever you have in my life, I fully trust you. And Paul gives us a perfect blueprint of that. Now, if y'all don't know much about Paul's life, Paul, you know, he murdered Christians for a while. He did all these different things, but he had this radical experience with God and then he got chained and he was shackled. Now, going to prison today is totally different than what it was back then. I mean, he was shackled from literally ankle down. He was shackled from his wrist. Like, I literally can't hug nobody for more than five seconds without getting claustrophobic. So I can just imagine, I can just imagine how he was. But what's so amazing to me, what's so amazing to me in the verses before this, he talks about how he constantly was praying through his suffering, how he was praising God nonstop, while he was still in those shackles. Now, just imagine this. He's in prison and he's praising God. He's singing praises to God. He's saying, God, thank you. You are great. You are the light of the world. All these different things. He's saying all this stuff. And I guarantee you there was somebody in his, in his next cell like, Paul, shut up, bro. Like, shut up. You over here singing. Like, I don't need to hear that. Like, y'all ever had like that time where y'all was like trying to fall asleep and then somebody just wouldn't shut up in the room next door? I guarantee you that's what Paul was experiencing during that time. But he didn't care, right? He kept singing the praises of God because he knew who God was. He knew how powerful God was. And then you get to these verses and he says, listen, brothers and sisters, I have not reached my goal yet. Paul, you tripping, bro. <laughs> you was tripping because there's no way like you read, you, you hear this entire story of what he's doing and how he's in prison. And he's praising God and he's doing all this different stuff. And you haven't reached it yet? Okay, something, something, something missing. So I kept reading and trying to discover what he was talking about. And he was saying that I want to experience God's, Jesus' resurrection. I want to experience this true power. I want to experience something that I've never experienced before. So I'm going to constantly step out on my faith. I'm going to constantly focus on who God is and what he has for me in my life. Yes, I'm shackled. Yes, I'm going through a lot. Yes, I have all this pain in my life, but I'm going to constantly focus on God and what he has next. Now, when I, when I was here at Asbury, I was actually on a mission trip and um, I was on a mission trip and I remember I, we was working hard. We was like working super hard and it got to a point where I was sweating so hard that I sweated a heart. Like, if y'all don't know me, like right now I'm sweating, my back is dripping. Like, I sweat a lot. And my shirt sweated a legit heart on my shirt. And I'm like, oh, shoot. And I don't have a heart shape. I had literally an Asbury Eagle shirt on. And I sweated a heart. And I was like, oh, this is going viral. So I immediately posted on, on Twitter and on Facebook. on Instagram. I did it all. So I'm like, oh, yeah, bro, I'm definitely going viral off this one. Showing love over here in the midst field. I'm in it. Right? So that's what I was thinking. And as soon as I posted it, this girl liked this picture. And I'm like, oh, shoot, girls don't like pictures on Twitter, but I'm definitely about to slide in her DMs. So I slid in. I slid in. And I started talking to her and talking to her. Now, six years later, here we are married. So listen, guys, 
The sliding in the DMs do work, bro. I'm telling you, it works. But I remember when we first started dating, I was constantly talking. We was texting, falling asleep on FaceTime. We was texting nonstop, like, I love you. I see you later. Soon as we hang up the phone, I miss you. I just got off the phone with her, but I still miss you. And we still going, we going through all this stuff. I mean, we was doing like the typical dating phase. And we got to the point where we started talking about kids. My heart dropped in my stomach. But we started talking about kids, and I'm like, how many kids do you want? And then she was like, well, how many kids do you want? I was like, well, how many kids do you want? She was like, well, how many kids do you want? I was like, well, I want how many you want. And we kept going through this whole thing on, like, how many kids we want. And we got to the point where we was just like, we definitely want to adopt before we have our first biological. And I'm just like, okay, perfect. I'm like, that's, that's perfect. Like, I, I kind of lived through that life. I kind of know what that was. I mean, like, I was practically adopted by Coach Shouts and his family. Like, I just know what it was. I went through their whole situation. And I was like, yes, let's, let's do that. So our, our second year of marriage um, in 2017, um, we went through a miscarriage. And it devastated us. It tore us apart. I was so confused. I was not understanding. My wife was alone. She was literally on her last student, her last semester of student teaching at UK. And she was at her student teaching's class and she went to the bathroom and it happened. She was alone. And I couldn't do anything. I was at work. I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't get there quick enough. I, like it was just a hard process. And immediately we've all been there where we question God why. We get to that point where we're just like, we keep going through these different things and we're, we're, we're trying because you, we felt that you said, hey, this is, this is what you wanted us to do. You wanted us to have a biological kid. And immediately I'm, I'm praying and I'm praying to my wife. I mean, she is tore up and I'm asking God, I'm praying to God. I'm like, God, please give me the strength so that I can be strong for my wife. Give me the strength so that I can point her to you in this moment. Because right now I can't do it alone. Right now, my wife is doubting, I'm doubting, people around us is doubting, and here we are spreading faith and sharing the love of God, but at the same time, we're, we're sinking because we're not understanding. We're questioning you right now, God. And immediately, I heard God's voice, and he says, trust me and just take a leap of faith. Take that step of faith. Take that one step. I know that you're, I know that you're suffering. I know that it hurts right now, but take that faith, believe in me. I promise that I'm going to, I'm going to keep my promise to you. And the entire time I'm, I'm wondering, I'm starting to question myself. I'm starting to question my, my manhood because I'm thinking, I'm like, why am I not hurting the way that my wife is hurting? Of course I cried. Of course I was going through that stuff. And I was just like, okay, this, like, we got to move on. Like we, we can't keep going through this. And I remember I was talking to a pastor friend and I said, hey, I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. I need to understand why I'm feeling this way because I'm not, I'm not hurting. I'm not doing any of those things. And he told me, he said, typically the husband, the father doesn't really feel the hurt until the day that the baby was supposed to be born. And right then there it hit me because as soon as that day came, like I was sick. I was crying. I was broken down. Like my wife, she was finally getting over it, but then she finally saw her husband going through the same thing. And it just put us in a spiral. So we're just like, God, what do you want us to do? And he said, I need y'all to wait. Trust me and have faith. There are kids out here that still needs love. 
So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do, let's go ahead and do the foster care. So we started doing foster care, kind of did, like that, divvy dabby in our toes in the, in the foster care system. And we were trying to figure out what, what we was going to do next. And we're just like, okay, we want a team. We want, we don't want a team. That's the last thing we want is a team. We don't want that. We want a little kid. We want a, somewhere like elementary, middle school age. Like we don't want any high school or anything like that. So we were going through this, pro- I mean, this process was long. Like if y'all don't know about the foster care system, it's a long process. The paperwork, everything is just long. So we get through the process and our caseworker, a case manager calls us and we was like, yes, we have a teen mom and her son that needs a placement with you all. And I'm like, a who? I'm like, a who, a teen mom and her son? And he's like, yeah. Like, I, like, they need a placement. I'm just like, God, come on, bro. Don't do this to us. Like, you got to be tripping. Like, I'm a kid myself, my wife a kid, and you want us to raise somebody that's six years younger than us? You tripping, God. Let me just pray to you real quick about this, like, because I don't understand what's going on. And immediately he smacked us in the face and said, yes, like, I want you to take them in. And literally, this was on a Tuesday night at like seven o'clock and they showed up on our doorsteps the next, not even 24 hours later. And I want you all to take a look at our family. So here's a picture. So that is my now 16 year old daughter. And that guy right there that my wife is holding is my grandson. Yes, I am a granddad. Um, And that's my wife, my rock of Gibraltar. Uh, that's my wife, Kaya. So that's my family. So there's my daughter, 14 years old, walking in our doorsteps and saying, I'm going to trust these family. I'm going to trust this couple and I'm going to walk into their house. I don't know nothing. Else. I don't know nothing about them at all, but I'm going to take that leap of faith. I'm going to take that step and walk into their homes. A lot of us right now are struggling with school. We're struggling with this pandemic. We're struggling with family. To be honest, I can be honest, sometimes our parents, they suck and we don't want to go back home. Like it gets to a point where we're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Where can I turn? There's all this racial tension. There's all this stuff that's going on in this world right now. And we're just like, God, where do we turn? And right when we give up, right when we give up on what's going on, God comes in and puts us on his shoulder and he says, I got you. Son, daughter, I got you. All that weight that you have, that pain that you're going through, all that that you have, I got you. I'm taking that weight now. Look to me. Don't worry about what's going on around you. And keep your eyes on me. Take that one step forward. Derek easily could have, easily could have stopped. He easily could have just set up camp in his herd. He easily could have said, hey, listen. I can't do this anymore. I just literally just tore my hamstring. I literally just can't do it. I was supposed to favor. All these things could be going through his mind. And just like all those things that's going through his mind are the same things that we deal with constantly from Satan that says that you're not good enough, that you might as well just drop out of school, that you might as well not even reconcile with people that you're hurting, that that got hurt, that you that you don't need anybody around you. You don't need the community of Christ. You don't need God. You don't need all these different things that Satan is whispering in our ears constantly, daily, even before we touch our feet on the floor. But God is saying, listen, I will fight that battle 
You just need to trust me and take that step, that one step forward. He was going for that goal, just like Paul. Derek was going for that goal. He had a goal to accomplish and he was going there no matter what. And not only was he going to go there no matter what, his father was going to make sure that he made it to the end goal. Literally after we got our daughter and our grandson, a couple months later, we, we heard God say, I want y'all to try again. And me and my wife were just sitting there and she was just like, God is telling me that we need to try again. And I was just like, are you sure? And she was just like, yeah. And guys, when y'all get married, that's a loaded question. Are you sure? Um, but I literally looked at her. I'm like, are you, are you positive? Looking at her like a dingleberry. I'm like all looking crazy. And I'm like, are you sure this is what God wants us to do? And I'm praying and God told us, yes, I want y'all to try again. Like I, I want y'all to have a child of your own. And literally six months later, we found out that we were pregnant. And this is our baby girl, Promise J. Promise J. Roper. That's why we named her that. Because God promised us something months ago, years ago, even before we got married. Promised that I'm going to bless y'all with a biological child. But there's my people I need you to love on first. Trust me. Take that step of faith. Whatever it is right now, I don't know who needs to hear this, but whatever it is that you're trying to discern, when that you're trying to figure out, even in the hurt, even in the pain that's going on in your heart and in your life right now, God is saying, trust me, take that leap of faith. Take that one step forward. Because every one step forward you take, God meets you 10 more steps. God says that weight that you have, I'm strong enough to take it. You give it to me and you focus on me.